Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Profoundly Pointless. My name is Nick Vinzant. Coming up in this episode, spearfishing and the sky. I was completely enamored. I was like, what is that? Like, I didn't even know that it was possible. They can get down pretty quickly. And once you pass a certain depth, then you just you just sink. So you you can't fight a tuna. It it's just it you will you'll drown. I want to thank you so much for joining us. If you get a chance, subscribe. Leave us a rating or a review. We really appreciate it. It really helps us out. If you're a new listener, welcome to the show. If you're a longtime listener, thank you so much for all of your support. So our first guest specializes in a unique and growing aspect of fishing. This is spearfisher Lauren Sarasura. So what is spearfishing? Pretty self-explanatory, except for the fact that a lot of people, um, there are different types. Like you can spear off of a boat, but the one that I do is free dive spearfishing, where you hold your breath and dive underwater to hunt for fish and seafood. So how did you get into that, right? Like that doesn't seem like the first avenue that people would do if they go into fishing. How did you get in? How did you get into it? Yeah, so I took a scuba course and then I saw a free diver during that scuba course and I was completely enamored. I was like, what is that? Like, I didn't even know that it was possible. So I started researching free diving and through that research, I found spearfishing. I was like, this looks absolutely insane. I need to try it. <laughs> so what are you doing? Like, right? Like if you're going down to go spearfishing, like, what are you doing? How did it walk me through this a little bit? Basically, it depends on what kind of hunt you're doing. There's um, a couple different varieties. One is called aspeto, which is you dive down and you just wait at the bottom and you try to get fish to come to you. And then there's another one. It's you basically like creeping over a let's say a reef, like you're actively moving, looking for fish. It, it's really complicated, but to dumb it down, you just have to be in control of your body so that you look like you belong there and you don't scare away all the fish. You have to kind of look like a fish. Yeah, 
how do you look like a fish, right? Like I would. There are behaviors that you can mimic that make fish comfortable around you, even though you're much larger than them and, and they could perceive you as being a predator. So like what behaviors would you mimic in that regard? I'm fascinated by this. Like I never so, thought of like trying to imitate a fish essentially. Right. <laughs> so basically what you have to do is just be super chill, like look like a little turtle, <laughs> just cruising. You know, if the if the weeds are swaying, you just sway with the fans and, and everything that's going on there, you know, if there's any swell. So it's just looking at a calm fish or a calm shark, anything that's calm and just mimic that. Like don't be kicking around, don't no no fast movements, everything very smooth, very chill. You essentially have to blend in with the environment. A hundred percent. So is it fishing or is it hunting? It's hunting, definitely hunting. There's different techniques to call fish to come closer to you, to attract fish. I mean, with different fish you have to use different techniques. Some you have to hide behind a coral. Others, you can just, you know, dive bomb them. So it's really dependent on the fish behavior itself and the species as like what technique you're going to use. When you call a fish, how do you call a fish? <laughs> I guess like I think of like turkey calls or duck calls, right? Is how do you? Yeah, basically. But there's uh, there's one that they call a, a grouper grunt. So you just like with your throat, you just go <laughs> like that. And that also helps to deter sharks. Yeah, it seems much, much more active than I would think like traditional kind of fishing is. Oh, 100%. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> much more active. Now, for people who do it, right, did they fish as well? Or is it like, no, 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 I'm a spear fisher. And Actually, some of the best spear fishermen are, are really great fishermen because they – they understand fish, they understand, you know, there, there's a lot of overlapping factors in that because they know where the fish are going to be, you know, they know how they behave, what their diet is, what their behaviors are. So it's, it's actually really helpful to be a good angler. For you, what's kind of the main draw of it? What really hooked you on it? Uh, the food. Definitely the food. <laughs> I love sushi and raw fish. And I just, you know, th there's no better way to, to get it than getting it yourself. The freshest, you know, exactly where it's been, not wrapped in plastic. And then you, and you get that satisfaction of just hunting something yourself. I would, you know, that's not something that a lot of people really do. Because it's scary too. You know, like, I think a lot of people... Well, first, a lot of people are like really disconnected from the food source. They don't want to see eyes and a face <laughs> on what they're eating. So I think that turns off a lot of people. And then I think, you know, the fact that you're putting yourself back into the food chain, and you're not the biggest predator <laughs> there. It's also something that probably deters a lot of people because it's scary. So when you go down there, like where where are you generally doing this at? Yeah, it depends what what you're going after. You know, you 
you can hunt pelagics, which are the type of fish that they travel a lot. So you'll see the same fish here in Miami, in Ecuador, like they, they really travel around, such as tuna as well. But then there's those uh, reef fish, such as snappers, groupers, uh, that tend to stick around the same area. So really depends on what you're hunting. Pelagics are more blue water, where you're just basically waiting for something to come in. And reef hunting is more like you have to actively be looking in crevices and, you know, doing your, your different techniques. <laughs> is one considered to be kind of harder than the other? I would say pelagic spearfishing is probably a little bit harder just because it's usually bigger fish. So you need, you know, you need more skill. And also with that, like with pelagics, you don't have any frame of reference of how far they are from you because there's, you know, there's nothing behind them. It's just blue water. It's just a blue wall. So it's hard to know how far they are. So a lot of people will shoot at them, but not realize that they're actually too far and their spear isn't even reaching it. How far does it go? Like how far, how close does the fish need to be to you? It depends on the gun and it depends on your personal strength. Like for me, I always use two 14 millimeter bands on my guns. When most, let's say, men use typically two 16 millimeter bands. So that's a thicker band. So the stretch um, causes it to, you know, to be more powerful. Yeah, yeah. Can go so, a little farther. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like some of my friends load my gun and they're like, what is this? They load it with one, one swoop, two bands, and they're, <laughs> it's just, it depends on your strength. So my, Spear guns, my spear won't go as far as your typical spear gun that you'll get off the shelf because I need to adjust it. Even yours, though, like if you were to look like yours, the fish needs to be, are we talking like two feet, like 20 feet? Like how far away are they usually going to be? I would say most of the fish, I'm trying to look around for a point of reverence. I'd say most of the fish that I shoot are around 10 feet away. That seems fairly close, but it also probably seems fairly far away at the same time. Is that closer or farther away than somebody might initially think that it is once you get down there? That's much closer. It's pretty close? Yeah, that's really close. So then have you had some more dangerous encounters with some of the fish or other animals that are down there? Not so much with fish, but, well, you have to be careful when shooting like billfish, like marlins. I shot one out in Ecuador and they made it very, very apparent that I have to be super careful not to shoot it if it's facing me. They couldn't pill you. Yeah, I could see that, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> I got it. Oh, well, it got you. It got you too. <laughs> yeah, it got you probably worse. So then you don't, I would imagine, because if since if you're you're essentially holding your breath like that. How mm -hmm. long do you have to be down there holding your breath to do this? You know, if I'm diving on a reef that's at 92 feet, then my breath hold has to be longer than if I'm 
you know, hunting, let's say for a wahoo, which is a pelagic, that it it tends to stay a little shallower. On average, like how far down would you say you're usually hunting them? Uh, I would say from 40 to 90 something feet. I really thought you were going to say like five to seven feet. Oh, yeah. I didn't realize you're that far down. Yeah, no, we go deep. Then how long does it did it take you to kind of build up to the level where you could really do it? I was lucky and progressed pretty quickly, but I think it took me about a year to dive to 100 feet. And then to be comfortable there maybe took me a couple months after that. So if you're diving down to like, let's say 60 feet, like you'll, how long will you be underwater for the whole thing? By the time you swim down there, wait, shoot, come back up, all that stuff. Let's say on a normal dive where it's, you know, you're not really pushing yourself and you're, you just want an easy dive, well, a minute 30. If you want to stay longer, like then a little over two minutes. But I, I tend to try to, you know, keep some room for air just in case anything happens and I need, I need some extra air to get out of a sketchy situation. Uh, let's say like, okay, so say it's two minutes, right? Like mm -hmm. how much of that is actually spent during the hunt and how much of it is just like, all right, down the simple process of getting down and getting up. Getting down, they say you usually move at about, I think it was three feet per second. So you can get down pretty quickly. And once you pass a certain depth, then you just, you just sink. You don't even have to kick anymore. So you don't use that much energy because you just stay still and just keep sinking down further and further. But getting what? back up is a little harder, <laughs> yeah. Especially when you're fighting a fish. And you know, talking about like fighting a fish, what is that? I get what that means, but I also don't know what that means. So, like, what is that? What is that exactly? So, when you shoot certain fish around structure, you you don't want them to go inside. So, let's say you're by a shipwreck or a coral reef, and you shoot a fish. What you have to do immediately is grab your line and pull as hard as you can going up to the surface so that you can try to prevent them from going into that structure and cutting your line or getting stuck, anything like that. Then how do you do that with like a big fish? Because I mean, like a, I would think that a 50 pound fish is going to do whatever it wants with us in the water. Like if it decides it's going down, it's you're going with it. Yeah, <laughs> that's how you want to make sure that you get a good shot. But, you know, if you don't, then you just have to deal with the consequences and it, it will take you a while to get them out of there, especially if they're super deep. So have you had some that will kind of like take you for a ride? Oh, yeah, definitely. And I've lost massive fish to anaconda-sized eels that just grab the fish and pull it into a wreck in a tiny hole like like that. You're not, you're not getting those. You're things. not getting it out of there. <laughs> no. How popular is this? Very popular, especially in like Hawaii and Bahamas. It's the only thing that's allowed. That and something called a Hawaiian sling, which is basically the same concept, just a little more primitive. 
even like compared to other forms of fishing? Oh, no. I mean, rod and reel, I feel like is definitely the most popular. Would you say, is it is it growing in terms of popularity or is it declining or is it about like, it's pretty much where it's always been? Definitely gaining more popularity. There's a lot more people getting into it nowadays. Why do you think that is? I, I honestly, I don't know, but I think the pandemic had a lot to do with that. I think a lot of people kind of got freaked out that, you know, their food supply was out of their control. So I think a lot of people started hunting and spearfishing because of that. I knew a few people that started that way. Well, because of that reason. Is it, um, I mean, it doesn't, it seems like a thing that you have to be in pretty decent shape to do, right? Like, is it seems like a very physically demanding kind of thing. I think if you're more like in the elite spear fishing status, then yeah. But I feel like you can still get nice fish pretty shallow and, you know, you can get your, your like pan sized snappers and make a delicious meal out of it, even just diving 10 feet. So I don't think you really have to be you know, that in shape to do it. How long have you been doing it? About five years now. Is it something that people like, do they get hooked on it? Uh, yeah, <laughs> definitely. I know I'm not going to stop anytime soon, that's for sure. Are you ready for some harder slash listener submitted questions? Sure. Hardest fish to catch, easiest fish, fish to catch? Easiest fish to catch is probably <laughs> a red grouper, which... I mean, it's really hard because they're so cute and they just like look at you all stupid, like with their little fins, like, what are you doing? <laughs> but so that's probably the easiest one. And then the hardest fish to shoot, at least in Miami, probably Kubera snapper. They're, they're pretty like sketchy. Like they, they tend to not let you get very close to them. What what kind of makes a fish easy to catch versus hard to catch? Is it just the size, their intelligence, their habits? Like what makes one harder than the other? Definitely they're just their I mean, just the way that they behave. If they if a fish sees you and, and runs away, then swims away, <laughs> then you're definitely not gonna it, they're not gonna make it easy for you. But if they see you and they come out and they're just like checking you out, like what the heck, like what are you doing? That that makes it real simple. The kuberas are like that. Like a lot of times you won't even see them, even if they're there, because they see you first and they're gone. That kind of that kind of leads us into this question that somebody submitted, which is, do the fish have to be dumb for this to work? <laughs> it depends on your skill level. But it helps if they're kind of a dumb fish, like, oh, they just kind of. Yeah, but that's like not really challenging. Sometimes when you, you know, when you when you get better at this at hunting, you want to you want to keep keep it exciting and kind of go for something that's a little harder. I would just be thinking that, right, like by the time I hold my breath and get down there, like I don't really have a lot of choices. Like I'm just getting the first thing that's there <laughs> so I can go back up. I can't hold my breath that long. 
That's definitely a possibility. So you could definitely get stuff with a quick threshold. I didn't realize it was that far down. I really thought you were going to say it's like 10 or 15 feet down that it's doing that. It could be. It just depends on, on where you're going and what you're hunting. What kind of fish is like the most common that people are generally hunting? Like usually people are going to get this one. Snappers, definitely snappers. They're like in abundance here. You'll find them over coral, like in coral reefs. You'll find them in shipwrecks. So, yeah, we have a lot of those there. You'll find them by bridges, you know, any type of structure they like to hang out at. Anything like that. What is the best tasting one? I love wahoo. Wahoo is a pelagic fish that just has this incredibly white, just perfect for sushi and sashimi type meat. <laughs> so good. That's interesting that you kind of started out for the basically for the cooking part of it. I mean, once you try fresh fish, and like the thing is, you're controlling it, right? So you can decide whether you want it super fresh, you want to eat it that day, or you can you can dry age it, you can wet age it. There's so many different ways to eat it. Like there's this fish that we have here called African pompano. If you eat that fish fresh, it's not good at all. Very tough. It's kind of chewy. But if you fillet it and age it in your refrigerator, after two or three days, it's so good. It completely changes the, the texture, the flavor, everything. So it's just, there's so many more options for you. You go to a grocery store, they have the same fish all the time. And you don't know how old it is. Biggest fish you've ever caught? Biggest fish? Oh, that has to be my, my bluefin tuna in Turkey. How big was it? It was huge. I don't know exactly how much it weighed because my scale broke and it wouldn't turn on. But the fish that I had caught the day before was uh, like 162 pounds, something like that. And this one was significantly bigger. So it had to be over 200 for sure. Who something like it was much bigger. But you would have to get that essentially, like you'd have to kill that immediately, right? Like that's not lingering at all or anything like that. So tuna is, so you, you can't fight a tuna. It, it's just, it, you will, you'll drown. So what you do is you have a system where either you let your gun go and it's attached to a line that's attached to buoys on the surface or your shaft is kind of like, um, how do I explain it? It releases from your gun. You keep holding your gun and your actual shaft and the shooting unit are attached to that, that buoy on the surface. Oh, okay. But then how, I mean, when you like, when you get one, where are you generally aiming for on the fish? With tuna, since they're constantly moving, you want to aim more ahead of it because then it'll probably swim into it. But, I mean, when I shot mine, I was just like, I don't know. I wasn't even thinking. I just, 
Like, sure. Get it, get it, get it, get it and figure it. out the rest later, right? I could see yeah. that. Best place around the United States to do it, best place in the world. Again, it just depends what you're going after because there's so many different fish and different places are known for their species. And, you know, like if you want to, if you want to shoot a giant Kubera, you're probably not going to get that in Miami, but you will be able to get that like in Mexico. But if you want, you know, a monster Wahoo, then you go to French Polynesia. If you want giant bluefin tuna, you go to Turkey. Like there's just different, it really depends. Is that a secret, right? Like, do you keep, (laughs) if you find a really good spot, do people try to keep it secret? Oh, definitely. But, you know, I kind of screwed myself because I have a YouTube channel and I share my experiences. So I recently went to Turkey last year and shot bluefin and, and I think I kind of opened the floodgates a little bit on that one because <laughs> a lot of people are going to Turkey now. This one is just, if somebody is starting out, what should I learn how to do first? What should I get? That kind of stuff. Definitely take a freediver course. That's number one because you learn all the safety. You learn what to do if, you know, your dive buddy experiences a blackout. You learn proper inhalation, like how to take the best breath like the biggest breath you learn technique it's just all these things that will help you to become more like those fish that you want to copy and so yeah free diver course 100 get on that and then buy a pole spear or a hawaiian sling something that you're going to have to really learn how to get close to fish when you're hunting because with a spear gun you can shoot them from a distance with a pole spear you got to get real close to them you have to be right there right yeah you got to be within a few feet do you ever pretend like do you ever practice pretending to be a fish on land (laughs) uh not exactly (laughs) not really not just walking around the apartment or the house no trying to be a fish you know that's not well, you know, maybe you know. if I'm out at a bar and you know, I want someone to catch. No, is who is the Michael Jordan of spearfishing? Like, who's the best spearfisher? Is there somebody that people would look at and be like, "That's the best spearfisher of all time"? There, I mean, there are the pioneers that you know everybody looks up to, and that are, you know, like Jay Rife, who started Rife spearfishing. I mean, those guys were bad ass like diving in california and like homemade wetsuits and crazy but br tar is a living legend he's awesome i mean pretty much any hawaiians i feel like are really good divers and really cool like very very effective spear fishermen now, is it just fish, or can you get other things like crabs, lobsters, etc.? Yeah, uh, any seafood. Is there a fish or anything like that that's like, oh, that's too big. You can't even mess with that. Like, people aren't getting, like, sharks or anything like that, are they? I'm sure they have. I've never seen it personally, but oh, that would be scary. <laughs> no, I wouldn't want to mess with that thing. 
I wouldn't want to piss off a sheep more no. than I already do. Now, do, but well, I would think that some other the other fish ever swoop in and take them. Oh yeah, definitely. Like Goliath groupers, we have these huge groupers here that get up to like five hundred plus pounds. They just look like they're huge. And they'll come and just swallow up your fish and try to take it back into the shipwreck. They're little bastards. Also, eels. I've gotten into a lot of tug of wars with eels. Sharks, obviously. That's like the most obvious one. Yeah, that's kind of like, how does the tug of war go? You're just pulling on the gun slash spear and they're pulling their way and you got to hope you win. Yeah, and you got to hope it doesn't come out with the fish and then try to attack you. That would be a problem, right? Like, I got it. Well, now it's coming for you. Yeah, exactly. And then we also have barracudas. So all these fish want your fish, and you got to deal with them. That's pretty much all the questions I have. Is there anything that you think that we missed, or how can kind of people get a hold of you, follow you, that kind of stuff? Well, if anyone wants to follow me, I'm on Instagram and YouTube. Just look up my name, Lauren Sarasua, and you'll find me. I want to thank Lauren so much for joining us. If you want to connect with her, we have linked to her on our social media accounts. We're profoundly pointless on TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, and Threads. And we've also included her information in the episode description. This is one of those episodes where I think seeing the things that we've been talking about really helps really help me understand why this is hunting and not not really fishing. It's fascinating to watch how this happens. And the YouTube version of this episode will be live on Thursday, July 27th at 4.30 p.m. Pacific. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped. The scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX is clipped. Now streaming only on Hulu. Okay. Now let's bring in John Shaw and get to the pointless part of the show. How far into a road trip do you want to get before you stop? I mean, I, only for gas. I would not want to stop. Let's just keep going all the way through. Let's just get to our destination. That, to me, is the correct answer. I want to drive until I run out of gas. 
<laughs> I don't like stop. Some people, my wife wants to stop like an hour or two hours in. Like, nope. I want to drive until we run out of gas. Then I want to get out of the car, fill it up, and drive again until we run out of gas. I will say, though, uh, on those on the few road trips I had been on, it seems like when I do pull over for gas and I'm getting back on the highway, I've been pulled over three times by different entities in different states for different things. Only after, but this seems to happen right after you pull over to get gas? Yeah, I mean, it, and it's usually... Oddly enough, now that I think about it, it's always been like either late night or early morning, and it's always a different excuse from the state police when I'm pulled over. It's always a different excuse. It's not your it, fault. It it's their fault. For it's it's their yep. fault that you broke the law. I didn't break any laws. I can tell you one time I got stopped in Tennessee because they said that I was driving a vehicle that looked like a homicide suspect's vehicle. And I said, well, did you run the plate? And he said, it was dark out. I couldn't I couldn't catch up to you to run the plate, even though, you know, that seemed weird. The other time... That seems like a perfectly reasonable ex- explanation, to be honest with you, right? Like, I can tell what color and make a vehicle is much easier than I can see what the plate is, especially at night. Seems like a reasonable excuse. I mean, I'm at a gas station. Pull up at the pump behind me and be inconspicuous and run the plate. Why do you wait until I'm getting on the highway to pull me over? Maybe he just realized it then, right? No. I think that you're putting some blame no, where blame isn't really appropriate. Yeah, here we go. That's yeah, not my always fault. Every, it's always everybody else's Officer fault. Officer Dewey always out there, everybody. okay? I'm, you know, it's not my fault. Right? What about the other two instances? What were you doing? I think I, I, think I talked about the one on the podcast before, but we were in Georgia, and I was in a um, Chevy Spark. And I pulled out of the gas station with no headlights on, and I got pulled over. That, I, I could see, right? But... As soon as he walked up, actually it was them. And, and, as soon as they walked up to the car and saw what was happening, they they immediately dismissed it and and you know left. What was happening? What was happening? I mean, you couldn't see in the car. I actually probably should have gotten a ticket because I couldn't see out the back window because of our luggage and stuff in the car. But um, wait a minute, you didn't have lights on. What time were you driving? Was this driving at night? Oh yeah, this was probably. I don't know, 2, 3 a.m., if, if I recall correctly. And the lights in the car didn't work? I mean, we're talking a decade ago in a Chevy Spark. It's not like I was driving a Tesla. Wait a minute. The lights on the outside of the vehicle, like other people couldn't see, or they just, the lights Why? inside the car couldn't Why work. Why are you baffled by this? It was the headlights. You had to literally... Like, pull a Why knob. were you driving? That's why I'm baffled by it, because you're driving at night without the headlights on. Because I, 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 I must have turned them off to get gas, and I I'm, I was so used to, like we all are, to turning the car on, and the headlights just come on now. This car didn't have automatic light control. This is why. This is why I'm upset. Because of the basic thing that you said and the basic philosophy that you have in life, that it's everybody else's fault. That's not true. And you're driving driving the same car as a murder suspect, and then you're driving at night with your lights off, and you're mad at the police for pulling you over. Okay, well, you're going to love this one then. Uh, (laughs) It's your fault. We were in West Virginia, and uh, I had just gotten, like, excuse my language, but a podunk town. Like, and I pull out, I get gas. And I, as soon as I get back in the car, I, I accidentally hit the gas just a little much, and I squeal the tires just a little bit on accident. Like I swear to God, I hit a, an oil patch, and I didn't even get yeah. I, I didn't even get to the the exit of the gas station. And uh, I mean, I mean, this cop had like 
you could tell he'd been he'd been waiting all day. Yeah, dude. If you squeal your tires in front of a cop, they're gonna pull you over, man. Yeah, well, Did you make eye contact with him too? Yeah, he gave me a ticket actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All of these seem like pretty actually, legitimately your fault. Yeah, well, I, I tell you what, West Virginia, I you know, thank you very much because I even tried fighting that ticket and I still lost. So. Yeah, dude. Anytime I've gotten a ticket, I've been like, "Yeah, I, I, I mean, I didn't say this. Obviously, I denied it and tried to play stupid, but like, I, yeah, I did that. I got well, caught. I think in, right? I think in West Virginia that that case, I messed up because I thought I was going to be smart and and pull the gas station camera video, a surveillance video to show that I wasn't like being a menace. Like I just might have hit an oil patch, uh, which caused the tires to rotate quickly. Well, this gas station doesn't have cameras, so. Yeah. 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 Anyways. I just I just don't understand why you're baffled as to a police officer <laughs> pulling you over for driving at night without lights. Anyways. Well, no, th- that I get. That was on me, but, you know, uh, you know, I don't know. It's it, – I'll be – listen, and I say this kind of jokingly. Like, I not, I don't say this jokingly. The, the stories were kind of jokes, but, like, I have all the love and respect for police officers. They have – I mean, they deal with shit conditions, but – um. You know, I, I felt they could have been a little nicer, especially during that situation. But as soon as they looked at me and my and my girlfriend at the time in the bachelor seat, they were like, yeah, this guy isn't drunk. He's not high. He's not a menace to a, society. <laughs> I actually have a very good friend of mine that once told a police officer who thought that he might have been drunk and pulled him over at a time when like, OK, there's probably some drunk people on there. He's like, sir, have you been drinking? And he just said, no. I'm just stupid. And the guy's like, <laughs> okay. And he wasn't drinking. He was really just being stupid. And the guy was like, no, I'm just stupid. And the cop just laughs like, get out of here, man. Wow. Okay. Like he pretty clearly wasn't doing the thing that they pulled him over for thinking he was doing. Like he's just an idiot. Like get out of here. Man. Yeah. Well, the only time I've ever been mad about getting pulled over is I think I got a ticket for like five over. Like, come on. that. Mm. <laughs> You're pushing it there. That That's like, all right. Because you can just accidentally, momentarily kind of go five over. Ten over, you're, you're pushing it a little bit. But if somebody, if you're on a road trip and somebody wants to stop an hour in, like, are you going to complain? I mean, now you gonna with, say something? with... You going to say something? With young children, like, it, I have to now. But, um, and I can I complain now. But if, if I'm in a, in a car with all adults and we're an hour in and someone has to, like, you know, no. Like, you can pee in a bucket or a... Gatorade bottle. I used to it. There was a time in my life when I used to specifically buy Powerades because they had a very large lip on them. It's very easy to kind of, you know, make adjustments so that you could do that safely. Uh, I'm. I don't want to stop before two and a half hours. I'm gonna. I'm gonna be a little upset if we're stopping before two and a half hours with adults. I will say that my. Uh, my thought process on road trips has changed as I've gotten older. Like now, if I'm on a road trip, even even if it's a day trip, like I'm just chilling. Like if the, if you want to stop and go to a tourist town along the way, like let's do it. Like uh, you know, but back when I was younger, it's it was going from point A to point B. Like let's just get there. It depends to me where you're doing. If you're driving straight interstate, I just want to be get like let's just get there. If we're yeah. doing the scenic route, then I'm okay with stopping, but I'm not stopping at Bucky's. Actually, I would stop at Bucky's. It's a fantastic <laughs> gas station. But I'm not stopping at the world's largest ball of twine or some crap like that off I pick a number. Hmm. I Keep it moving. I, mean, I, I would actually want to see the largest ball of twine. 
I've seen it. It's in Kansas. Of course I'm it from is. Kansas. Of course it you know is. what it is? It's a big ball of twine. It's not that impressive. <laughs> I've also seen the world's largest hand dug well, oh. which is like, damn, that's pretty big, but I don't care. It's not. You think it's getting them laid any 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 quicker? I'm pretty sure the people who are participated in the world's largest hand dug well wish they would have been doing something else besides digging that well because it's like a hundred feet down. I mean, it's like it's really impressive yeah. that people dug that, but you should have just not lived there. It it is a little much though, right now. Like when you think about how many world records there are and how stupid some of those are. There's a world record for pretty much everything, right? Like you. Good chance that you might have a world record for something. Oh, what you drinking there, Kool Aid? No, Powerade, Red Powerade. I don't know what flavor <laughs> it is because you identify. You, it's not glass; it's fake glass. It's that plastic that looks like glass, but it's fancy. Mm-hmm. I like drinking out of a cup now. I go back and forth. Sometimes I'll go bottle. Sometimes I like drinking out of a cup. I uh, yeah, I I think I usually drink out of a glass cup. It's a lot more eco friendly. Oh, I just go for taste. Like, I feel a little bit more, like, I'll feel like I'll drink it a little bit more, especially water. Unless we're talking about a bubbler. I love drinking out of a bubbler. I don't know what a bubbler is. A water fountain, dude. What do you call them? A a water fountain? Okay, I've never heard of it called a bubbler there, Blue Jeans. Bubbler. Go to the bubbler, man. Did you put your mouth all over it? Uh, no, I don't think so. <laughs> yes or no? No. Yes or no, do you look like a guy who put his mouth on the water fountain? Do I look? Yes. Was I? No. <laughs> Dude, Was I? No. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, no, I, no. Dude. I've never done that. Um, yeah, never. not that I can recall anyways. Though That's such a great descriptor, though. He looks like a guy who puts his mouth all the way over the water fountain. There was a point in time to where I would argue that, like, a water fountain, like a long draw from a water fountain, a cold water fountain, Ooh. is one of the was one of the greatest things as a kid. Very thirst-quenching. Mm. Very thirst-quenching. But, like, I also feel like you had to go to the certain kind of school to appreciate it. You know what I mean? Like, you had to go to the school that probably didn't have air conditioning, and mm. you're cramped into a little room with 40 other kids. To me, it also had to be metal, the metal plastic yeah. one, not the porcelain-looking thing. No. no. How do you... I don't like drinking out of a porcelain one. That makes me feel a little bit more like, oh, this might be something. And the metal one had, like, those the weird grates in it that you always wondered, like, what they were for. You never knew where the water went. Spit, I think. <laughs> I think there's some people had spit. Was... And you don't know what people are doing in a water fountain. Oh, man, yeah. There was, there was the occasional booger, I remember. I do remember that. Every now and again. Oh, I don't want. All right, I don't want to think about it anymore. Blech. Okay. Should we go from uh, <laughs> booger water fountains to shout outs? That seems like a good transition. Sure. Sure. All right. Uh, let's see. We'll start off with Tulio Vargas, Aaron Ribas. What Tulio? Tulio. How do you spell it? T O O T U L I O. It's probably Tulio. Okay, Tulio, Tulio. I apologize if we butcher your name, Tulio or Tulio. Uh, Trip tomorrow. Hosias. Is that their real name? <laughs> Trip tomorrow. <laughs> I mean, it looks like Can't an actual be. profile, but I mean, I, who knows? Um, Trip tomorrow. Josias Feliciano. 
Dalton Peters. That's a good American name, like a good homeschool, you know, homebred Dalton. Dalton's a good, good name. You can only live in certain states with a name like Dalton. True. Uh, Idaho. You can live in Idaho and have your name be Dalton. Montana. Texas. Texas. Yeah. South Dakota. North Dakota. Vermont. Maybe Nebraska. Hmm. Vermont, I think of as generally being like a little bit more upscale. Yeah, I would agree. I was kind of just being foolish. Uh, Miles Dobell. Daniel Dumer, Stephen Caputo, Max Lucas, and Omar Ayubi. Nice selection of all the names that you can't do. <laughs> I like it's it. back, man. I, last week was too easy. Um, all right, so I got a couple of uh, bangers for you. Right. Uh, which one will you see first? The Barbie movie? Or Oppenheimer. Whichever one comes out on streaming first. It's funny you say that. I, I saw something, and I, I can't cite it, but I saw something that said that streaming uh, last week officially surpassed cable in terms of more viewership and things. I don't know how they... I can't believe that, but... it hasn't already. I would have thought that happened years ago. I wouldn't watch either of them, actually, now that I think about it. I will watch YouTube clips of Oppenheimer when that hits YouTube. But once a movie becomes part, once a movie hits like a certain cultural mass, I just won't watch it. Like, I don't want to watch it. Because I don't want to be part of any discussions around the Barbie. I just don't want to be like, have you seen it? Nope. Don't have to be a part of this conversation whatsoever. Barbie movie is a lot, I think, to take in. And I think uh, there's a lot of women, girls, who you probably look at it like how men view like the Marvel movies and the DC movies. But I feel like the 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 Barbie movie is going to live up to none of that. I'm fascinated. I'm always fascinated just how we as a society and people in general will make a big deal out of anything. Like we will make a big deal out of anything if given the chance. Sure. I mean, if nothing else is going on, we're going to elevate like the lowest other thing, right? Like, uh, what's the biggest thing happening? Well, a Barbie movie, I guess. All right, make that a big deal. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I think it also helps who's in it. I mean, if it didn't. I don't even know. Oh, well, Margot. Couldn't even tell you anybody. I mean, Margot Robbie and, um, why is his name? Uh, and Nicholas Gosling. Yeah, Nicholas Gosling. Ryan Gosling. Okay. I mean, major case there. Yeah, I, major I didn't. Case. I didn't. Who and what's it? Who's it's and what's it? Well, rumor has it that Oppenheimer is going to sweep the Academy Awards next year. So we'll see what happens. Okay. Well, you are our trusted correspondent on all things Academy Awards. I mean, I like to think I'm pretty well versed in movie. You didn't even you called somebody Nicholas Gosling a minute ago. Anyways, the second one. I know a lot about movies with that Tim Smith actor. <laughs> Anyways, uh He slapped a guy at the last Oscars. Would you, Tim Smith did. Would that. you prefer do you prefer cold drinks or hot drinks? Cold drinks. I can't think of any drink that I want hot. Hot chocolate is the only drink that I want hot. I don't drink coffee though, but other than that, oh, man. the only drink that I want hot is coffee. Or, I mean, hot chocolate. I, I Nothing else. Literally well, nothing else do I want a hot drink. So, I mean, I drink coffee, but I only drink it cold. But, like, there, there is a spot for, like, a good, like, hot tea. Or, or hot sake. Sake's pretty good hot, too. 
Oh my god! No, what? Get out of here! Get out of here! You're insane! I need a tea. I need a nice hot tea to relax my nerves. I I mean that's not why I drink it. Get out of here! I do like lavender tea. Okay, all right. I like lavender and I like lavender candles. I, I like I like how you go against my argument, and the first one you pick is not like chai tea or herbal tea or black tea, but it's like lavender. Like you pick the worst example of manly teas that you could get. <laughs> Lavender. I mean, lavenders are that. lavender is, is is amazing, and you should get on it. No, I'm all right. I'm gonna drink my Powerade. Actually, I like to drink um, um that cheap whatever it is. Anyway, okay. so here here are the uh, you know the the profoundly pointless fact or fiction. You are uh, six of eight, by the way. Uh, actually, we had a number of comments about one of your things with the Wolfen. And pretty much everybody agreed with me that your question was a misleading question right, well. and that that was ultimately just two dolphins and had nothing to do. So that should be bumped up. So you want to be six to for seven, seven then? You want to be six for seven? Yeah, better than six for eight. Okay, fine. Well, we'll, we'll make sure, you know. And I kind of think it's eight. It should be six for six because one of those was pretty misleading. Like you're getting into leading questions kinds of stuff, I, right, where there's trick answers. There needs to be either a straight yes or a no, not a, well, kind of, depends on this. Um, well, i tell you what, I, I think the four that I picked today, or for this episode, okay. uh, are pretty, pretty black and white. But you know what? People will still find a way to pretend that they have academia knowledge about something that they probably don't. Regardless, um, fact or fiction, you only have two body parts that never stop growing. Oh, I have no idea. You mean my... Do I need to ask my wife if there's a third? <laughs> Two body parts that never stop growing? Well, probably your hair and your nails. No, you you don't have to get the two body parts. You just, it, true or false? I'm not going to ask you. True. Mm. You are correct. Uh, human noses and ears never stop growing. Every other part of your body does. Your nose never stops. Well, then how slow does it grow that you never notice it? That that I don't know, but um, but yeah, your ears never stop growing. No, and uh, I'm sure it's incrementally, right? Like, do you think people would look weirder without noses or without ears? Noses for sure. Yeah, I think so. I mean, you can really pretty easily envision people without ears because. What's that movie, uh, Harry Potter? I think where Ralph Fiennes, Fiennes plays. Oh the yeah, guy yeah, with the yeah, no yeah. Nose, and that's. Uh, I thought you were our Oscar correspondent. Yeah, I just Harry Potter, Lord Voldemort. Just named the actor. You just named the character. You're welcome. Okay. Do you think? Okay, here's a question for you, right? And this is a question that I have asked several people, and it's been a topic of debate. Do I have big ears? They're right there where you kind of, yes, you kind of know. It's a little bit difficult to say. It's like, oh, they, yeah, no, yeah, no, hmm. yeah, no, yeah, no. I guess I'd have to see, I guess I'd have to see you again and really like. In real life, you'd have to see you up close. Maybe touch your ears, maybe f- touch them a little bit. See if they're soft. I'm very soft ears, I've been told. <laughs> but you can't tell, right? Are they big? Are they not big? It's like, uh, yeah, no. No, yeah. <laughs> All right. I've always um, been fascinated by it. Second factor fiction for you. Factor fiction. 
toads will give you warts if you touch them. That's not true. It is not true. No. Um, yeah. They do carry HPV. However. Human pampalonavirus. Human pampalonavirus. That is true. Or HPV for all of us who are not educated. Uh, however, according to this doctor, who I'm not going to try to pronounce their name, if you wanted to get a wart from a toad, you would have to come in contact at least 30 different kinds of toads to contract any kind of virus that would, you know, leave anything on your skin. So, okay, cool. Uh, fact or fiction bees can fly higher than Mount Everest. I mean, no, it's too cold up there, right? But they've gotten, like, spiders, and there are some birds that can fly up there. For some reason, I looked that up the other day. So is but it... no, I would say. Wrong! Yeah, it's kind of one of those. Okay. Yeah, come on, all you haters out there. Prove me wrong on this. Uh, according to National Geographic, bees can fly higher than 29,525 feet above sea level. That is higher than Mount Everest. Here, here's what we're learning with this fact or fiction is that you do not like to be wrong and you will do everything to spin it so you are right. Shaved hair grows back thicker. Oh, I don't think that's true. You are correct. According to the Mayo Clinic, the only thing that shaving can do is give hair a blunt tip which will make it feel stubbly or more coarse, but it will not. the hair itself will not grow back thicker. Yeah, it just feels different because it's new hair as opposed to the longer hair that you used to have. Well, that's why I have no hair that's on my body. That's what my guess is. I think the basic thing with all fact and fiction is if it's common knowledge or something that you've heard, it's probably wrong. And if it's in regard to an animal <laughs> doing something amazing, it's probably true. I mean, I just think it's hard to argue with facts and things that have been scientifically proven one way or the other. But yet people do it all the time. Yeah, well, that's, you know, including us, where I guess we're part of that, the problem. Or, and who, I, I don't understand that. I don't understand that comment. You don't like to be wrong. Does anyone like to be wrong? I mean. Do you know people that are like, I fucking love being wrong. Well, I. I all I want to be is wrong. I think that, like, being wrong, though, can also be turned into motivation, can be turned into, you know, uh, learning, like. So, no, do I want to be wrong? Of course not. But can I be wrong? Of course. Yeah, I mean, I'm wrong all the time. The last time I was wrong was the time I thought I was wrong. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> I love that joke. That's <laughs> what I say to my family all the time. I've only been wrong once in my life. The time I thought I was wrong. I mean, we're both married, right? So Turns out I was right anyway. Look how good this drink looks. It, yeah, it does. Red is the best looking colored drink. No, red. Not even close. Like it looks not oh, even close. What are you, okay, what are you gonna say? Green or blue? No, I would even red argue is to better looking. I would even argue to say that something clear, like maybe even water. If you get it in the right glass, it can look amazing. No, it's gotta be. It's gotta be colored. It's gotta be colored. I think that red looks like something that's good to drink. Needs to be a bright, strong color. Well, that's also why you have Kool-Aid stains around your lips right now. I love it. <laughs> love it. All right. Are you ready for our top? Are you ready for our top five? I've, I've been waiting for twenty-eight minutes for our top five. 
Uh, so our top five is top five best things to see. Wait, top five things to see in the air. Stuff where you look up and you're like, oh, that's cool to see. What's your number five? There's a lot. There's a lot. Oh, there's so many. Um, my number five is airplanes. And uh, I, I can go even one one step further on that and say like like a like a military jet or something like that, like something fast and quick, not necessarily a commercial jet, but really any airplanes are pretty awesome. Uh, I think that airplanes, are, I think, are impossible. Can, can you hear an airplane and not look for it? No. Have you ever heard an airplane and then just not even looked around in the sky to see where it might be? No, I'm definitely like a cat, and I always look around. And then I always wonder, like, how can I not see it when it's a blue, like when it's a blue clear sky day? Do you get a little annoyed with yourself if you can't find it within, say, like three or four seconds? I mean, I, I do wonder what's wrong with me sometimes, yes. Hmm. I don't think that airplanes are impressive enough. It's not an impressive enough thing to see in the sky. I don't think that it belongs, honestly, really in the top ten when you look at all the other kind of things. Maybe a fighter jet. Yeah, I can agree I mean, with you on a fighter jet, but airplanes in general is not impressive enough. My number five is a hot air balloon. Anytime you see a hot air balloon up in the sky, you're going to be like, oh, a hot air balloon. Where's it going? Where did it come from? What are they looking at? What's going on? Always got questions when a hot air balloon is seen in the sky. See, I, I don't find them impressive at all. And I don't really, if I see them going by in the sky, I, I mean, obviously I'm going to go, oh, there's a hot air balloon. Watch out for those power lines. But uh, yeah, you always wonder about it. Like, oh, what's going to happen? Right? Like there's a lot of questions. A lot of thoughts go through your head. What's your number four then? Uh, so I know what you're going to say here on this, and you're going to say this doesn't count, but it's in the sky and it comes out of the sky. So I put raindrops, like rain. But you can't see the individual raindrops, I don't think. I just don't agree with. No, but you can. Saying. But you can see it fall, and you you know it's I don't know it's 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 once it becomes I guess it always is a solid, but. Whether or not you can see it coming from the sky, it comes from the sky and hits the earth, right? Like, so. So does light. Right. You and, and maybe one of us has the sun on our list. I don't have the sun on my list. And the thing is that this is why I disagree with you, is because when you see the rain, you don't look up and see the rain. You see the rain, like, right as it's by the ground. So it's not really in the sky. It's kind of by the ground, really. Like, you don't really see the rain until it's at house level. I mean, that, that's not that's not wrong, I but, I, but I'm keeping it. Okay. My number three... Four. No, wait. My number four is a storm. I love watching a good storm. I just storm. said basically a storm. It's not the same thing. I mean, there's, there's rain, rain clouds storm and stuff. storm is clouds and lightning, like clouds spinning around. That's up in the sky. Rain is on the ground. Okay. Okay. My number four is a storm. <sighs> okay. Well, I, I, th I think they're similar, and I think you could, you know, uh, say both are acceptable uh, as being one, but whatever. Storms, rain. Storm is, storm is very different than rain. I mean. Storm is like, I'm talking about like the clouds. They get that dark look. They got lightning coming out. A storm. Not just rain. I live in Seattle, man. Don't talk to me about rain. Listen, it's rained 22 out of the last 41 days here, all right? Talk to me about rain, young man. All right, my number three, uh, I, I, 
I felt like you have to put this one on there. So I didn't want to put it at the back. I didn't want to put it at the front. But I put the moon. That's my number three, too, is the moon. Yeah. I. The moon is always interesting. Yeah. It's just, I, I mean, I don't know about you, but when I look up at it, I always go, how in the f- did we land there? And why does it look like a bruised apple? I don't really have any other thoughts besides that's the moon when I look at the moon. But I do... The only time that I'm ever confused is when it's out in the middle of the day. Like, I'm always slightly lost about what's going on there. <laughs> like, wait a minute. How's the moon out and it's not dark? I'm always slightly confused. I just, I, it's incredible. It's, it goes along with another one on my list coming up, which, which we'll get to, I guess, in a, in a couple uh, times here. What is going on with my dog up there? Good God. I don't know, man. Have some animals. He doesn't there, like, right? you know... Uh, the distractions happen at the worst time. You know what I mean? Like, it's how, that's how life is, man. Uh, so we're on my number two. So my number two, and once again, I, I don't. I feel like you have to put this on a top five things you look at in the sky list. Um, but I'm not really proud of it. And uh, that, that's just like that's like an animal, like a bird, like you know any any flying object animal. I feel like has to be on there. You know, whether it be a bird or a bee or something, you just you're always looking up at the sky and seeing animals, and then you just stay fixated on them. The only thing that I can put in that is like a butterfly. Like I'll watch a butterfly flying around, but I don't really care about any other birds. Okay. I don't really care about birds in general, honestly. Like I like them, right? I understand the importance of birds, but I'm never less like, ooh, a bird. <laughs> oh, there's a. Yeah, I don't know. It's just, uh, you know, once again, it's like I just I was thinking about things and yeah, every time I see something, I just follow it through the sky like a like especially ducks or, or, or like geese and things like if I see a geese in like the flying V heading south for the winter, I'm just staring up at the sky. What is the plural of geese? Geese? Goose. A goose. A goose yeah. is one. Geese is several. Yeah. So that's why someone I see geese flying in the. Anyways. Ah. Hmm. I really want to change something out and put. I don't really want this to be my number two, but I kind of jammed myself up here. So it's not really my number two. I'm just going to say it's my number two. It's a helicopter. I'm always impressed by a helicopter, and I always wonder what's going on when a helicopter flies over you. Because something is going on when a helicopter flies over you. Okay. I mean, yeah. I mean, you're absolutely right. I mean, that happened just the other day, and I was like, oh, what is that? And it was a medical helicopter. So you you are right. You're right. right. There's always something going on when a helicopter flies over you. What's your number one? Uh, so stars or planets – Guess you could say extra extraterrestrial beings, even. Uh, but man, I back during the pandemic, I fell in love. Me, me, my wife and I would do uh, you know date nights out in the backyard, and we would just look up at the sky, and you know we downloaded apps, and we even bought a telescope. We would we, we would search out stars and planets and things. What did you find? What's your favorite planet there, Johnny? Venus is quite bright, as you can imagine. Um, you know, Jupiter. How much did you spend on a telescope? Like, how much of it did you spend? I just need to. I need a frame. I don't mean to interrupt you, but I need a freedom of reference for like. If were you like seeing the rings of Saturn, or did no. you spend like twenty bucks on Amazon? No, I think it was. I think it was about a hundred bucks. I mean, it wasn't like it wasn't the lowest model, but by no means was it like an expert model. I I just wanted something to go like sixty four times, so like I could maybe see close. 
but you know they don't tell you that at night it's dark so unless you really zoom in on it you're not going to see anything uh other than a bright light so no one no one told you that it was dark at night <laughs> no i just i don't know what i was expecting but i do remember looking i remember we got mars into the the viewfinder and i remember looking in like man i'm going to see like lava on the surface and heat remanating uh and nothing no it was just a bright light yeah it just looks brighter <laughs> yes. right like it's not like you can really see anything it's just a closer up brighter thing like i yep. could just be standing at the other end of the telescope with a flashlight and you'd be like oh <laughs> i'm looking at jupiter you would be that dick but yes you're absolutely right <laughs> it's jupiter Yep. No one told me that it was going to be dark at night. But that is one of those things that, like, you forget the simplest thing. You're like, oh, yeah. yeah. Um, I forgot about that. Yep. Life is complicated. My number one, I can't believe I forgot about this one that we didn't put on there. But it was, my number one is a shooting star. I think that's the coolest thing to see. So I'm glad you brought that up because, like, I would have put the northern lights on my list. However, oh yeah. However, not everyone gets it. Like it's not like you just look up into the sky and they're it's not regular. Universal. Yeah, they're. It's not like they're a regular occurrence like everything else is to a certain extent. That's why I didn't put eclipse on there. Otherwise, I would have put eclipse. Just you want to talk about a sham? Every time there's a total eclipse, people buy the glasses and like it's just just ridiculous. I mean, how's that a sham? You're not supposed to look at it or you'll go blind. It's just it's just another market. It's not like they're thing. making like, it. It's not like they're making it up. Like, no, but it's no, just man, you can't stare at the sun. Right? I understand that you were baffled by the idea that it's dark at that's night. Not, it's not, that's not why baffled, the but... concept that you can't stare at the sun is suddenly like What? <laughs> What's that bright what thing you... out there? The fuck is that? <laughs> not gonna listen to the government. These doctors telling me not to stare at the sun. I'll tell you what, that COVID, it put the sun there on purpose. Um, Do you think you could really go blind? Like, how long would it really take to go blind looking at the sun? How long would you be willing to risk it? If somebody's like five seconds, would you go Would you go three? I go five seconds. Somebody, turn you would go, but if somebody said you'll go blind if you stare at it for five seconds straight, how long would you push it? Would you put? Would How you, much money like, am I getting? You, I'll give you a million dollars to go for four point five seconds. Would you be like, I'll do that? No, I need like a hundred million. Like that. I need to be set, and then my family's family needs to be set because I'm going to be blind. Yeah, he'd really right. Like, how much would? All right, what uh, what amount of money would you stare at the sun until you went blind for? I mean, uh, five hundred million. Yeah, that's what I think like, it would be too. Because I, I don't know if I could ever actually do it, unless like, hey man, a billion dollars, but you got to stare at the sun till you go blind. Look, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I uh, not not to like point out any of the our our communities, you know, uh, of disabilities yeah, yeah, yeah. here, but I I, I would not want to lose my sight. Like I would rather lose my hearing, my taste. Like the, my sight is the one thing I do not want to lose. As a person who does not have one of their senses, I don't have a sense of smell. I don't know what I would like a dollar amount that I would put on losing a sense. But, I mean, I probably would lose sense, you know, smell first, right? Like, they were handing out checks like a pyramid, right? Like a million for this, <laughs> oh, 10 man. million for this, 100 million for that, a billion. Like, oh, I'll take the million for smell. That's pretty yeah. easy. I mean, I, I would get up uh, to 10 million for sure. 
What's in your honorable mention of things to look at in the sky? Well, top you know, five but, things. Top five things to look at in the sky is what we should have called it. Yeah, that's well, what we did call it. I think that is what you called it. Um, oh, I have the sun. I have the northern lights. I have lightning bugs. Oh, lightning bugs are pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't put them in the top five, but I'm like, ooh, lightning. Bugs. Yeah, they're a matter of mention. And then uh, I just have paper lanterns as well. Those are pretty cool. If you've ever seen those. I've never seen that. Until they run into a power line and catch on fire and then catch the it's person problematic. farm on fire. Um, I have, like I said, an eclipse, the sunset, the sunrise. Sunset is clearly better than sunrise. I think I don't think there's any argument about that. Um, Various types of clouds. I do enjoy seeing clouds. Are you shaking your head at the sunset like it's not a great thing? My my only argument with that is, is like once you've seen it, like it's over. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, okay, we're gonna stay up to watch the sunset. Like, no, you're not. I'm not staying. Well, I mean, like it's not really that late. Or I'm sorry, getting up early to watch the sunrise, or like, like it's like no, like once you've done it once, okay, I've seen the sunrise. It's fine. It's one of those things that's really not. I mean, a good sunset can be pretty impressive, but it just makes a good picture. I don't know if it makes for as good of a, like a actual experience it's something that people say that they like to do as opposed to like hey it's really not that big i saw the sunset yeah i see it every day <laughs> but you know what though you, probably wasn't that probably wasn't that great you kind of said it earlier about something like it's something we take for granted and if any of us were on our deathbed we'd be like man i really wish i could see the sunset so maybe we should appreciate the sunset more i think we should appreciate pretty much everything a little bit more Right, even the things that bother us. Right, life is all about the struggle. Um, I have a kite. I enjoy seeing a kite. I'm always slightly impressed by a kite. I also like to see. A, I live in a place where they have seaplanes. Seaplane is a totally different type of viewing experience than a plane or a helicopter. Seaplane, like, oh, it's a seaplane. Mm-hmm. Yeah, whatever. It's different. I'm just telling you, it's a little bit more impressive. Right. If I'm going to talk about motorized vehicles that are in the sky, seaplane is probably my number one. Parachute, somebody parachuting—that's always cool to see. Man, I feel like people only like that because they—they, they, you know, we're all cynics at the end of the day, so they always hope for something bad, right? That's why people watch daredevils. They don't really want to see them succeed. I don't really want to see anybody fall out of the sky. <laughs> kind of a terrible person. Okay, that's going to go ahead and do it for this episode of Profoundly Pointless. I want to thank you so much for joining us. If you get a chance, leave us a rating or a review. Doesn't have to be anything big. Just a couple of quick words really helps us out. And let us know what you think are some of the coolest things to see in the sky. I could have really, I mean, an eclipse, is it's incredible, right? Like, it's a totally unique experience. But it just doesn't happen often enough to, I think, really be number one. I think it's shooting star. But, I mean, if you put sunset in there, like, I don't, I don't agree with John. It's not just some everyday thing. Like, it's still pretty impressive. But I think a lot of people would put sunset. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. 
Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.